This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Today on the Online Choir Podcast, what does the future of college football and college athletics looks like? It's Online Choir publisher Jeremy Warner. That is the question among many questions I've had since the Big Ten expanded to 18 teams, adding Oregon and Washington who will join UCLA and USC in 2024. Quick turnaround. The Big 12 expanding as they steal three schools from the Pac-12, and the death of the Pac-12 is upon us. Like the Southwestern Conference, what, three decades, three and a half decades prior? It's amazing that such a powerful conference, once powerful conference, is now going under. Why that's happened, we talk about it all with Brandon Marcel, our great 24-7 sports national reporter. He has been covering the conference realignment, which has been in the works for more than a decade, really. I mean, when you think of Rutgers and Maryland and Nebraska joining the Big Ten, and then, of course, a couple years ago when USC and UCLA and Texas and Oklahoma decided to move conferences to, to create these really two super conferences, the Big 12, which was once on its deathbed, all of a sudden is powerful. Again, not as quite as powerful as the Big Ten and SEC. But last year, we kind of knew the Pac-12 could be in danger here. The Big 12 would be in danger, and that expansion was not done. But within a 24- to 48-hour period, it all happened seemingly at once, where the Pac-12 has dealt these stabs uh, from the, the Big 12 and the Big Ten, but of course, uh, it's kind of been shooting itself in the foot all along the way. And Brandon Marcello dives deep into that. What has gone wrong for the Pac-12? What is next for the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12? And just what is, what is this all leading to? That is my biggest question, because that is still, I think, up for debate. And I still think the college football and College athletics leaders are figuring all that out, but they're just trying to set themselves up in positions of strength. And the Big Ten, the SEC have certainly done that. The Big 12 has certainly helped itself here in the last year. But I dive into that with Brandon Marcello, uh, 24-7 Sports National Reporter. Let's dive into it next, right here on the Illini Inquirer Podcast. This episode of the Illini Inquirer Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices, and the path isn't always clear. This can be with some major life changes, guys, whether it's going away to college, hitting the real world on your own. I know that's difficult. Relationships with significant others. 
or struggling as a parent. You always need someone to talk to. And whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate this life thing. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, if you've kind of been wavering about it, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and if you don't mesh with that therapist, you can find another one for no additional charge with BetterHelp. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Illini today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Illini. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, happy to get some insight from our great national college football writer, Brandon Marcello. Uh, Brandon, what's your last week been like, man? Uh, I've been on the move, much like uh, college football teams all across the country. It's been nuts. Yeah, so take me away. What was your reaction last week? Is is all of this is is going down seemingly at once, where the Pac-12 is just disintegrating, and the, and the Big Twelve and uh, the Big Ten are just feasting on their what their their top programs that are left? Well, I think all of this really is something that was going to happen a year ago, and everything that we predicted was going to happen a year ago ended up happening finally, but it was all condensed in like forty eight hours, right. and so it just made it much more insane. Um, you know, credit to George Kalafkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, for dragging this out for a year and convincing his membership that, hey, maybe we're going to have a good television deal. But, you know, in in the end, just absolute uh, chaos because of, you know, really the, the way that the Pac-12 leadership handled all this by, you know, I'm not saying that they lied to their membership, but they certainly kind of led them on to believe that something really good was coming and that was never the case. How did they get here? Well, I, I think when you look at everything, there's been a lot of bad mistakes and bad situations. But, you know, I, this all started back in September, October. I haven't been able to nail down the date. But the Pac-12 had a media deal kind of on the table. There were in some good discussions a year ago. And the president said, no, we're not really interested in that. And then in October, ESPN signed a deal with the Big 12 worth $31.7 million. 
then all of a sudden the presidents and the administrators that I've spoken to, all of a sudden that became like a benchmark for them. We need to hit that now. So I take that for what it's worth that I, I believe that, that that's to mean that um, the deal was probably in that neighborhood and they passed on it uh, thinking they can get more and they weren't going to. It's very clear. And, you know, circumstances were terrible because that happens. And then like a month later, two months later in December or so, all these streamers start laying people off, raising prices. Then, you know, ESPN and Disney has those huge, massive layoffs, thousands of people. Everybody starts tightening the belts and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, you're just, there's no way you're going to get what you want. And I, the Pac-12 kept dragging things on thinking, hey, maybe if we kick this out, kick a can down the road further and further, at some point they'll be more interested in us. And that just really wasn't the case. And so, you know, this has been in the makings really, if you go back for more than a decade back when the Pac-12 had an opportunity to add Texas and Oklahoma way back when, like 13 years ago, 14 years ago. They passed on that, and then they started up their own Pac-12 network that they would own. And we all kind of thought that that was really smart and ahead of its time. The problem is it's probably like 25 years ahead of its time because it became just a massive load money-wise, and they lost lots of money with it. The commissioner... Larry Scott at the time decided, hey, let's have our network headquarters in downtown San Francisco in one of the more expensive buildings you can get. Let's refurbish the entire inside of it. Let's spend millions of dollars on that. And no one would pick up the Pac-12 network. Carriers wouldn't pick it up, as you guys probably remember, the whole thing with DirecTV going back then all, all the way through till now. And, you know, uh, and the presidents there really and this is very clear, and you saw Kirk Schultz, the Washington State president, say this earlier this week. The presidents just don't really care all that much about football. Mm -hmm. They just don't talk about it. They don't really focus on it. The Pac-12 always has always kind of been like that with its leadership because it's such that held themselves in so high regard with their academics, which is fantastic, but they ignore football and um, they don't treat it as seriously as everybody else across the country does. And it's, you combine all that, mix it all together. Um, not to say it's like no surprise we got here, but at some point someone was going to leave, if not a handful of teams. And I'm telling you, it, I don't think we ever, I don't think we've seen a, like a slow bleed like this hmm. because we all knew a year ago, like, this is probably what's going to end up happening. And we, and it was so many moving pieces and for it to actually happen the very way we thought with the four corners going to the big 12 and Washington, Oregon going to the big 10. It's, it's so many things could have changed in that one year yeah. to convince them to stay or maybe others. And it never happened. And um, we haven't seen anything like this since the, the Southwest conference folding uh, back in the in the mid '90s, and that was a thing that that was a process that took about four or five years. This, meanwhile, you know, was a one-year situation where we knew it was probably going to happen. And I think it shocked all of us, though. It shocked our system when it happened so quickly, even after all that waiting, that 48-hour period where it was just everybody's 
just out for themselves. It, it was crazy. Whenever this Netflix or 30 for 30 documentary comes out, Brandon, like the Alliance is going to be the big pivot point. <laughs> and then the, the record scratch or whatever happens. Um, it's, it's amazing. The Big Ten just taking a knife to, to the Pac-12 like this, given their relationship, their close relationship, all of this. Uh, I, I guess another, I'm going to ask the same question. How did we get here with this, where it is kill or be killed? in college athletics right now in the big 12 boy they, they became a killer to the pac 12 here recently as well everybody's worried about money and making more money because they're afraid that the money's gonna be taken away from them in the future and what do i mean by that student athletes i say student athletes players being paid by the universities as employees at some point because for the longest time the grift in my opinion has been these schools they take all the money they're getting revenue-wise and they spend it all so that there's a zero balance at the end of the year. And they go, well, see, listen, there's no money around for us to pay players. We're trying to help these players. We're trying to educate these players and provide them everything they need to be successful in life after their education ends, ends here. And we're, by, we're doing that by spending all the money we have come in. Well, they're spending all that money on coaching salaries mm -hmm. and yes, facilities that the players are in and everything, but it, it's a way to kind of, you know, hide what uh, the enterprise is really all about, which is just give us as much money as possible so we can pay everybody and us make all the money. But at the end of the day, there's a balance sheet of zero. But the day of reckoning is coming, and that these administrators have known that. I mean, I remember having conversations in 2017 – yeah, 2017 with one administrator and athletic director in an SEC program. And they were talking about how they were trying to save up money even then at that time. And if you remember, this was back when they started doing the stipends yeah. and everything. And that was big news. Wow. You know, a few thousand dollars a year for players that the schools have to pay for. Wow. Um, but even then they they were, they were telling me about how they were trying to save up money and find ways to do that because at some point there's a possibility where we might have to end up paying players more. Um, I'm not so sure that they were thinking at that point that they would become employees or, or something along those lines. Uh, but they, they saw this coming. A lot of them saw it coming. And uh, it's very clear to me that that's what's the motivating factor for this. It's not just, we got to get a bigger TV deal. That, that makes us more competitive. No, it's also, we need as much money as possible because at some point our budgets are going to take a huge hit here very soon when we have to start paying players. Yeah, you keep can't keep adding all this money and not pay them. Um, so that that is coming next. Uh, what is the next shoe to drop, whether it's realignment um, moving forward? Are, are we looking towards what's remained of the Pac-12 or are you looking more towards the ACC here? We're looking at the ACC and, man, by the time this comes out, that might be over. Uh, that's something that literally could end any second. And our reporting as of as we record this right now is that the ACC is looking and they're still reviewing. They've been doing. They've had uh, at least three days of meetings with ADs and presidents to review finances and other uh, situations and possibilities with Cal, Stanford, and also SMU. And SMU is willing to forego several years of payouts from the ACC to become a member. Cal and Stanford would most likely have to take a partial share for a certain period of time. And the kind of the idea behind that, that they're trying to utilize to convince the ACC membership is 
by doing so, we will have more money to spread around to the other members that they're not taking for the next several years. And that, one, would make everybody happy, you would think, but maybe would quiet down Florida State, which has been very public since February, and even more so the last two weeks in their Board of Trustees meetings, by saying, we can't survive in the ACC, we need more money. The ACC was already moving to an unequal revenue sharing program where they would reward programs that have postseason success with more payouts, with bigger payouts, but even so, they were still going to be about $30 million behind, even if they were to get the biggest payout bonus, so to speak, possible. And that's peeved off Florida State, and they've been barking up a tree and everything. But the problem, there's other problems with that, too, because the SEC's not interested in adding them. Um, the SEC's interested, if they were to expand, to be in states that they're not in right now, which would be a Virginia or maybe even a North Carolina not Florida at this point. Meanwhile, I've had people close to Florida State tell me that they believe that they've got a standing invitation to the Big Ten. I've got people in the Big Ten office tell me that's absolutely not true. <laughs> uh, it's, um, but there's a lot of poker being played down in the ACC right now. And as of we, this recording, there's not enough votes to accept three new members in or two new members in. There's two options here. You add just Cal and Stanford, or you add Cal, Stanford, and SMU. And there's not enough votes for either option right now. You need at least 12 of the 15 full-time members to accept them uh, in, and they don't have that right now. There's at least four right now. And, and among those that don't really have, that aren't supporting it right now are Florida State and Clemson, I'm told because I don't think they're very happy with the finances yet. Mm -hmm. They're still wanting more money. And, um, boy, it's just, uh, again, <laughs> at no point are you hearing in these conversations, uh, well, what about the, what about the players and right. how are we going to protect them and all? No, that's money. Yeah. So we're in this middle mess right now, right? Brandon, where we're heading towards these super conferences. Um, what does that look like? Because I'm still open-minded that I get why a lot of people don't like this. I don't think I like this where we're at right now. But if we do get to an SEC Big Ten in a playoff, that, that could be fun. That could be a great product. The one thing these TV people know is how to, how to build a great product, most likely. But where do you think we're actually heading with this? Like, What does this look like in 10 years? Uh, I think that the next thing in 10 years isn't maybe going to be further uh, realignment but though I guess you could say it's realignment, but I, I think it's very possible moving forward as money becomes even more crucial, tightening the belts and everything. I think what you're seeing from Florida State and even from what you're, you know, this isn't, wasn't coming out very much, but what you're seeing from Oregon in the Pac-12 where they, we want more money, we want a bigger share. And Texas and OU have been doing that in the Big 12 for years. Texas really doing so. At what point are we sitting here in five or ten years and these conferences are like, we're not really interested in expanding more because we're just cutting up smaller pieces of the pie financially. At what point does Texas sit and get comfortable in the SEC enough to nudge over and, you know, nudge over to Alabama and LSU and Georgia and go, uh, guys, we are carrying the TV ratings and all of this we need more money on this. Let's band together and petition the SEC for more money. 
And the SEC just goes, we're not doing that. That's not in our bylaws or whatever. That We have a gentleman's agreement. We're not doing that. And then at what point does it become, well, if we want more money, why are we at uh, 16 teams right now? Um, Vanderbilt hasn't done anything in two decades. I say we kick them out. Let's kick them out. Nothing's stopping us from kicking them out. They're not holding up their, their end of the bargain. They're not carrying their weight. Um, I think that could be the next thing where you have, you're already seeing it, even within the ACC, uh, the internal strife of you guys aren't worth what you say you are. And at what point does that come to a head? I think, you know, maybe it's not here soon, but, yeah. you know, I, I, I do think that I'm not so sure that we're going to see, you know, a Big Ten that's 24 teams or an SEC that's 24 teams or 20 teams even. I think at some point it's going to be become, all right, there are certain programs here where we just got to face the truth. They're not carrying their weight, and they're going to, there's probably going to be movement to try and kick them out. That's what I think the next conference realignment will look like. Yeah, like, you know, the Big Ten is, has been pretty tight-knit with its 10 members, but at some point, Ohio State, Michigan, are they looking at Northwestern or, you know, Purdue or Illinois, right? I think Illinois is in the state where they could feel a little bit more comfortable than some other teams. But, yeah, I mean, consolidation is happening. What what means the conferences themselves won't consolidate at some point. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so will this ultimately be good for college football, Brandon? No, no. I don't think so. I mean – I think we're still all going to enjoy the games. I mean, er everything washes away in your life on Saturdays, right? right? Even though this is our jobs, for me, like everything in my life like washes away because I just love football. That's how I feel. And it's the same thing for fans. It's entertainment. But there are you – know, everybody talks about losing the soul of college football. Like, I'm not going to get that deep. I, what, I'm, what I'll say is that I think we're going to lose some of the personality and the uniqueness that comes with uh, – successful conferences across the country because the Pac-12 has a certain playing style because they're coming from the same area of recruiting. They're preparing for the same type of offenses, same type of philosophies. And so they got their own personality out there that's unique to the Pac-12. Same with the SEC and even to a certain extent the Big Ten, though I think the two have become almost one and the same nowadays yeah. because you know hurry-up offenses are what they are. But the Pac-12 has always been a little bit different. Even the ACC has been a little bit different. And the more we consolidate with this, I mean, the day's coming where, you know, Oregon, UCLA, they're going to look a lot like, you know, the Big Ten teams. They're not going to be doing what they've done in the past. The personality is going to be different. The recruiting footprint is going to be different. The type of players they go after is going to be different. The philosophy, the personnel – you know, I'm not saying, you know, listen, you can't get rid of tradition and the pageantry of college football, but you can rip away some of the personality and what you see on Saturdays on the field. And it's in that way, I think college football is going to be more like the NFL, where everybody's kind of doing the same thing with their personnel and their and their coaching philosophy. And frankly, to me, that's that the NFL is boring. To me, that's just me. But that, I think that college football, when we talk about things moving toward more of an NFL model, that's what I think. I don't think it's moving into well, everything's being corporatized and all this. I just think playing style, philosophy, personnel, it's going to be 
very similar across the country because everybody's consolidated yeah. into these these conferences. Yeah, homogenous. Uh, yes. Yeah, maybe a good after word for that. Biggest question you have remaining. Last question for you, Brandon. Biggest question. What What is your biggest question you have left moving forward? Who? Um, does this really change who the power players are in college football when we come to talk on Saturdays? Is this going to change anything? Because right now we're going to see changes potentially the college football playoff again. Uh, and by that, I mean just the at-large burst. Right now it's six highest-ranked conference champions and the six uh, at-large burst when it goes to 12 teams starting in 2024. There's talk about that changing. It, it, it will have to change, I think. And right now the push is for five highest-ranked conference champions with seven at-large berths. You know, does that help the small guy? No. That just means that you're going to get more Big Ten or SEC teams in there. Um, and with that, it's going to come more money because there's going to be more on-campus games. Um, and how does that affect you know, the middle of the road programs and the bottom of the road programs in these consolidated conferences when even in a open environment that's supposed to improve access, it's not really improving access. Is it still just going to be the same seven to nine teams every year? I, I think so, uh, potentially. Though, you know, I do wonder, like, when we do see... there Because there will be obviously there will be group of five teams in the playoff but um you know what happens when they're getting their heads knocked off every year in the first round right you're not you know how's that affect things but i you know that's my, my that's my big question is like what is this all going to look like and what's this going to change that had quote unquote already been changed to open and even the playing field the college football playoff because I, I i think that it's actually maybe now uh, that i i i try to convince myself that that's what it was moving to more access and it's gonna I, mm -hmm. but i don't i just don't i, I get this e creeping feeling that's gonna be the exact opposite yeah it's just, gonna, it's just gonna feed the fit feed the big boys more and more and more money and more success yeah i feel like we have more questions now than answers um after what happened yeah. a week ago brandon marcello 24 7 sports follow him on twitter there at b marcello brandon appreciate the insight man yeah thanks jeremy Great stuff from Brandon Marcello, 24-7 Sports, college football writer from the national perspective. You can follow him on Twitter, at bmarcello. Am I supposed to say X? Follow him on X now? Uh, I guess Elon Musk would probably get upset at me if I didn't call it that, but I uh, still think we can refer to it as Twitter right now, at bmarcello. You can follow him there for all the latest in college football and, and what is going to be next for all of this. And I, I still I have more questions than answers. And... All the short-term stuff of what is the schedule next year and all the fun and figuring that out um, for the Big Ten, is it's, it's a legitimate question, but it, for me it's about where is this destination? Where is this destination? And the best I can say right now is that FBS football is going to be its own thing and probably – Power 5 football or Power 2 or Power 3 or whatever you want to call it is going to be its own thing. I think this eventually could lead to a separation from the NCAA for those institutions. And 
The college football playoff is certainly going to look a lot different, whether that's three conferences or four conferences or all the FBS conferences, and uh, it's just going to look completely different. Could it be better? I'm still open-minded to that. I know I've repeated that, but it's certainly going to be way different. It's definitely less regional. And in that way, it's almost like I've heard people compare this to the wrestling, professional wrestling, um, where the territories consolidated under the WWE and kind of took that local flavor, the regionalness of it away. But the WWE certainly, WWF back in my day, certainly is successful, certainly is entertaining for a lot of people. It's got some competitors in it, but certainly I think uh, it's been successful. There, There's no argument for that. And I think college football will be successful, but who is left in the wake? Um, the Oregon States of the world. Is there somebody in the Big Ten, the SEC? Brandon brought that up. That gets kicked out. It gets kind of nudged to the side. I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see if that happens in 10 or 12 years because what what they want is USC, Ohio State. What they want is Texas against Alabama. Those are the brands that get non-college football fans watching live, and that's who they want. So how valuable is Rutgers against Illinois or Rutgers against Northwestern or Maryland against Purdue? Like all the – it's college football. It's Big Ten football. But they want these big time matchups. So it'll work. It'll work in that regard. These games are going to be bigger. Uh, there's going to be more good games every week in college football because of these super conferences. But is it going to be better? I don't know. I don't know. So we'll find out where we all head from here. Thanks to Brandon Marcella, 24 7 Sports, for joining us. And thank you to you for listening to the Alana Inquirer podcast. <laughs> Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. If you haven't done it yet, take 10 seconds right now. I'll wait. Go to your review on your Apple, uh, wherever you get it. Give us a five-star review if you enjoy it. I want you to be honest. Uh, but also give us a nice review if you are capable. It really helps us out. And give us a follow. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well. And as always, you get $1 VIP membership at Alana Enquirer. Plenty of Illinois football training camp content up on the site right now. Derek Piper's recently had his three takeaways uh, from the win over Valencia for Illinois basketball in Spain. We got more and more coming, including some Illini volleyball coverage to Illini Enquirer as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.